This episode of the Redbeard Podcast is brought to you by DJ Tone Entertainment. If you're looking for a DJ to provide the best entertainment with cutting-edge equipment for your event, then look no further. From weddings and corporate events to birthday parties and family reunions, DJ Tone Entertainment can do it all. You can find their rates on Facebook or message them for a personalized quote. So don't wait. Book DJ Tone Entertainment today. What's going on, everybody? This is Tony from the Red Beard Podcast. And guys, it is Monday. And if you got a case of the Mondays, this is the perfect place to be. It is the Red Beard Podcast. Uh, we got a bunch of cool stuff going on in the news for you. So Stan Lee, uh, his 36-year-old business partner, is in some trouble. He filed a restraining order against him. Uh, we're going to talk about exactly what's going on with that. Also, Marvel's Cloak and Dagger was released on Hulu and Freeform on June 7th. A lot of cool stuff about that. The reviews are in there. Good. And um, I know Cooley's got some stuff to talk about, so you're going to hear his review. And also, if you guys are familiar with Tommy Wiseau, you know, the guy who is famous for the, the, the best, worst movie in the world, The Room. Also, uh, James Franco did some stuff about him in The Disaster Artist, if you haven't checked that out. Uh, but uh, he actually auditioned for The Joker. And uh, you guys can see that everywhere on the internet. We're going to talk about our thoughts on that. So with that being said, in the words of Arnold Schwarzenegger, stick around. podcast is brought to you by these cool dudes and we're back hey what's going on everybody uh it is monday um this is the place to be the red bear podcast yo so i got ren what's up ren yo what's gucci yeah i don't i don't know yo uh (laughs) what's up what up (laughs) and uh jim what's going on hi everybody hey ren why did you pull your bandana off your mouth you look like a member of Hollywood Undead. You like that? Oh, I don't want to be related to them at all. This bandana's coming off. She pulled like it a down because she already robbed the bank and got what she needed. Yeah. Uh, she looks like a member of Tom Clancy's The Division. No, she looks like she could be a sick addition to Young Guns 2 with Emilio Estevez. Oh, I fuck with Emilio Estevez. Boom. What's that? I fuck with Emilio Estevez. He's a fucking baller. Yeah. Brother of Charlie Sheen, different name. Clean <laughs> <laughs> so, living. Different mom. Just saying. Clean living. Club. Oh uh, uh, yeah, right, and also a really and good director. Work. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't know that. Anyway, enough about Emilio Estevez. So guys, yeah, um, some crazy shit going on in the news with Stan Lee right now. Oh no. Yeah, it's it's oh, not yes. good. I mean, Stan Lee's good, but um, you know, he's fine. He's let's talk about this for a second. Okay. My grandmother just turned ninety, right? Which is a testament itself. Stan Lee is ninety-five. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. He's man. old as dirt. That gives you hope that. You know, there's more time. Seriously, man. Yeah. My For grandmother, grandma. my sister took a picture of my grandmother today at a restaurant. I don't know which restaurant it was. Having a margarita, 90 years old. Shout out to my grandmother. Baller. Right? And I don't know what that means. Oh, that was my phone. Great job. Um, yeah, it's good good times. But anyway, <laughs> so, um, no, but for real, though, um, 95 years old. And unfortunately, his 36-year-old business manager, what's his name, guys? Kia Morgan. Kia Morgan. Uh, Stanley filed a restraining order against him from preventing him from seeing his family and friends 
um, and other things uh, because he um, the theories are that he wants to get um, a hold of Stan Lee's estate, which is worth and, and whatever else he's worth, $50 million, yeah. um, which is really messed up. Yeah, he's I mean, been taking advantage. Basically, he's been taking advantage of his uh, his poor conditions, like his his lack, his loss of hearing, loss of mm-hmm, sight, mm-hmm. right, right, um, and you know his his memory issues and stuff like that, and uh, taking advantage of that to kind of guide him and steer him to like you know, you know, give him like you know control over his estate and Access stuff like that, like you said, right. Stuff like that, yeah. um, which Pretty is something, crazy. I mean, he, Stan, let's just be real and, and, and acknowledge the fact that Stan Lee is not the only elderly person that's going through something like this. Um, any, any elderly person, anybody who's losing their mental faculties, uh, due to, due to just age, um, you know, is, is in danger of this type of abuse. Uh, you know, Stan, I, I saw him at, uh, at Hasbro and you met him. Yeah. Yeah. I actually yeah, did yeah. meet him too. Uh, but, but I saw him at Hasbro recently is what I'm saying. When I met him, it was a while ago. Uh, but I, but I saw him at Hasbro recently, like about a year ago. And, uh, he, he didn't look terrible. Uh, he, he wasn't, he didn't seem too far out of it and he was very, uh, jovial and, and, you know, told his stories well. So I don't think he's that far gone. But I do think that, uh, you know, it, it is easier to take advantage of somebody who is starting to slow down. I mean, when you start getting older, you start to slow down. And he is losing his eyesight to the point where, you know, you, he, he literally has to have somebody help him sign autographs. Like, this is where you're going to sign, Stan. And, and they guide him, they put the pen down, and then he signs. And, and it's, it's just sad that somebody would do that. This, this guy is, is worth $50 million dollars. According to this report, he doesn't have to actually go out and do this stuff anymore. But the fact that he does means that he really appreciates his fans and he actually loves what he does. You know what I mean? This guy could be cashing on in $50 million, you know, going on vacation every week, seeing the world. I'm probably sure he has already. But I mean, he's going out of his way to to still show appreciation to his fans. And I really respect that. Well, why would you? I mean, can we honestly all sit here and say that this is probably the second golden age? Of Marvel, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. I mean, that's For a good sure. point. I mean, yeah, the definitely. movies have reached yeah. an entirely new fan base, and because of that, I think I think there's a bit of a resurgence of Marvel, yeah. right? And he's already filmed. I I think like uh, there's been ten cameos that haven't been uh, released by Marvel, right? Where he's already in the movies that we don't even know about yet. He looks great for his age. Can he we does. Uh, can we say that he honestly he does. does? I would never expect him good. to be. I could say he. If I saw him like the way I see him in movies, I would say like mid 70s that's just me or maybe like late 70s but i mean he doesn't look like 95 to me no you know so good for him he's mummified right definitely yeah i mean like like i i said like you know when we were like on break uh before recording you know this dude is like i look i look at him as like a family member like i look at him as somebody uh who i would welcome as you know a grandparent you know what i mean like i i see him as somebody like that like uh, a lot of, like, who I am is based on characters that he created. Um, and it's just, you know, it's sad to see somebody taking advantage of him like that. And I'm just glad that they finally got a handle on it. The only thing that's, the only thing that's bothering me is that it's a temporary restraining order. Right. Um, they are still waiting for the, um, 
they are still waiting for the permanent restraining order to be, you know, signed off on. Why wouldn't it be a permanent already for something I, like this? That's what I'm saying. Like that's why that's I'm. That's kind of screwed up. Yeah. It takes a lot to have a permanent restraining. They have order. a business relationship, so I'm sure there's like stipulations that have to go into effect as far Maybe as like, like proof of like physical abuse or like laundering or stealing money, basically. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure, and they have to decide like, is this guy going to have to split operations or are they going to have to like hire someone you knew yeah but you know thank goodness for uh tom lawless who's his uh his attorney um you know for going ahead and and filing that you know for on his behalf Mm -hmm. um and trying to get this done for him uh he's been very outspoken about what's been going on and you know really trying to get everything you know taken care of for him and, mm-hmm. and really being there for him is re- it's just it's great i mean like there was a point just before this whole thing went down where he got the restraining order where you know it almost seemed like kia morgan was holding him hostage and uh almost it looked like he was being forced to read a script on on a video that they posted on twitter which I was saw like, that. yeah which was basically just saying like you know hey kia morgan is the only person that has you know sole control over everything and, uh, you know, he's the only person that I'm working with and he's the only person that represents me. And like you could almost tell that it wasn't really his words. It was it was somebody else guiding him to say that. And um, and then Kia like reblogged it on his own Twitter. And I'm yeah. like, that's crazy people stuff. Yeah, especially especially when in that video he's saying and nobody is forcing me to say this. <laughs> you know, what I mean, it's like that well, is just clearly somebody forcing him to say it. For sure. So. So I uh, look. It's been bothering me for a very long time that this has been going on, and, and um, I am very, very relieved to see that some action is being taken. Uh, since I am completely helpless to do anything about the well, issue. Well, he actually. So I'm sorry. Did I just need to cut you off? Go no, ahead. it's okay. Yeah. I was all I was going to say is if there's anything to be taken out of this, if you're eligible for AARP, you should be wary of men who share the same name as an Arctic sled dog. <laughs> or a car brand. <laughs> oh, oh man, but uh, I mean, I I think the fact that Stanley has actually gone public with this is good because now people are more aware of yeah. it, or at least his lawyer went public with it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We love you, Stanley. Definitely. Um. Yeah, and, and uh, for sure, uh, we want to thank uh, Lalas, uh, Tom Lalas. Um, is that his lawyer? That's his lawyer. Yeah. The one, the mm-hmm. one, the one that actually is getting him out of the trouble. I mean, I w- there are a lot of wi- there are a lot of women and men out there that are you know in those situations and they don't have people that will stick up for him. Mm-hmm. Stanley's a very lucky man to have someone like Tom. Absolutely, definitely lawless, not lawless. Right, lawless, definitely. Good call out. <laughs> um, so another uh, another cool thing happened. <laughs> Uh, Cloak and Dagger by was Marvel. Was the first one cool? <laughs> this is no, it was cool, man. No, a cool thing happened in light of the bad that's, thing that's been happening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so Marvel's Cloak and Dagger actually came out on June seventh with Hulu and Freeform. Um, we definitely posted some stuff on the Redbeard Podcast Instagram about it. Uh, Cooley, you were like immediately a big fan of this. I don't think I've ever seen somebody jump on a show and post about it so fast. Uh, you really seem to to love this show, man. Just like what what stuck out to you? What did you love about it? What was what was awesome, man? Dude, the show is just fucking great. It's the writing, it's the performances, it's the the uh, the ambiance of the show, the the way that it's put together, the filming, everything about this show is 
better than I imagined it could be. Can I just tell you that for Cooley to come out and actually say that the writing is good is a testament to oh, the show yeah. because he is the first person in the world to tell you that it was lazy writing. And obviously this is not the case. So, you know, I would definitely um, take that to the bank, man. So what exactly about the writing stuck out to you? Uh, just the fact that it it touches on <clears throat> like social issues that we're having today without it being um, like in your face. Well, it, it's definitely it's in your in, face, it but is. it doesn't feel fake. It doesn't feel forced. Organic. It feels exactly. Okay. It's, it, it's like it it takes it head on. <clears throat> I mean, Aubrey Joseph is the kid that plays uh, Tyrone Johnson. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think they could have found a better actor. This kid is he looks amazing. Adorable. He yeah. is the perfect combination of awkward and cool. Um, it's like he's he seems just like a real person. You know what I mean? Uh, it's 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 just really cool. His reactions to things, the way that he the way that he plays off other characters. His he just it's like. He just seems like somebody who would be a good friend to have. Word. Um, and and <clears throat> Olivia Holt, who plays Dagger um, or Tandy uh, Bowen, is a um, she's just really good at her role too. I mean, like so so Tyrone Johnson. The, the, this is something that uh, Ren had pointed out uh, at one point when we were talking about it. Is that their their roles are kind of reversed from what you would expect of of the stereotype for people. Like, so if you mm -hmm. look at, if you see it and you see like a white girl and a black kid, you like the stereotype would be the black kids having problems. And like, he comes from a, a, a poor family and, uh, or a broken home yeah. and, you know, they're struggling and he's like, you know, a thug or whatever. And that the girl would be, um, you Probably know, from like an upper class family. Yeah, and like, like save the last dance, right? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I was just about um, to throw yeah. that out. It's <laughs> always like, my time. like the yeah. white girl who's like, I'm in a rebellious phase. I'm gonna date the kid from the bad side of town. Right. She does ballet. She yeah. loves hip hop. Yeah, <laughs> but the funny thing is, is that she does ballet. Does so, she really? Yeah. So Tandy Bowen is a ballerina. So what her family was dance? well off at one point, but because of Hurricane Katrina. They, what? The, uh, like, her father died. Um, in Hurricane Katrina? In Hurricane Katrina. Oh, shit. Um, and her mom just lost it and was like, you know, she was a, a, a pain pill junkie. Um, and just kind of lost everything. And, like, they were in this, now they're living in an apartment and kind of getting by day by day. The mother keeps losing jobs and doesn't really do what she's supposed to do to, you know, raise a child. The As a as a little girl, she grew up watching her mother in these situations. So she is now a, a pill junkie and, and oh my God. she's out there doing all kinds of crazy shit, like stealing from people and, and just trying to get by that way and, and stealing money and collecting shit that way to get out and get her own life. And it, it's just, it's a really cool dynamic to see that be the case. And then Tyrone comes from a very well-off family. The mom's got everything put together, but she's struggling with the demons of losing her fir her first son uh, to oh, a cop shooting. Oh, no. So, so a police officer killed her son, and they covered it up, and uh, Tyrone witnessed it. So, like, that's kind of like his his little inner struggle mm -hmm. and just the way that they deal with that's, it. That's great. Not, the, not what actually happened, right. yeah. but just for... 
a psychological standpoint, mm -hmm. like how a character is made up that is a great thing that they can delve into later in right. the show. And it's just they just and they did it all in a way that the, the cinematic approach was very well done. The the color palette, the like everything was just great, man. Awesome. One of the things I think is really cool is that there's an article that uh, was posted by Variety that really kind of uh, points out some cool aspects of the show or just some differences. It says, and I quote, Cloak and Dagger can be as blunt as a punch to the face when it hammers home the difference between Tandy and Tyrone's lives. A few scenes, especially in the pilot, are so paint by numbers that you can see where they're going the second they start. Still, blunt is exactly in line with what superhero origin stories tend to be, and Cloak and Dagger nonetheless does a few things to set itself apart from the dozens we've seen before. Yeah. And Which I think is awesome. You but know everything I mean? that I mentioned, I just spoke for like, what, seven minutes yeah. probably. Mm -hmm. And I didn't once mention superpowers. Yeah, no. but that's what I'm saying. That's what that's the, the cool thing about yeah. the show. And I love this from an actor's standpoint. Olivia Holt, uh, she's another Disney girl that's coming up through the system. But, and you'll love this, Tony. Yeah. Uh, Aubrey Joseph, who plays Cloak, is a Broadway actor. He Hell was yeah. found... Off what? of Broadway, doing he was, Broadway musicals. Yeah. That makes perfect sense yeah, because he, he was. because he was so fucking good. Well, he's got like a theatrical background, like mm. definitely. Like I watched like an episode of it. It was you could tell, yeah, just his like presence on. Film oh, so you saw the, you saw some of it. The first episode, yeah, yeah. yeah I, mean, I didn't what, watch. What did you think of him? It, he was good, man. Like I'm saying, like you 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 know from the first, I'd say like couple minutes in. That he has a theatrical presence. Yeah, he stole it from me. He stole the show. Like there's there's a so the only other person's the only other person that I know that has a, a theatrical presence on and I and, and it's I'm glad that you confirmed that because thank you. There's no problem, <laughs> about Jim. What you're about to say next. Not a problem. There is uh there's only one other person and it's weird because I was wrong about this. But anybody who has watched Breaking Bad, the guy who played Gus. For me, looks seems and acts like he would have a theatrical background. But when I met him at Walker Stalker, I asked him if he actually had any theater experience. None whatsoever. Mm. Just eloquent AF. Thank you. And that's the best way I can say it. Like, literally, he's so good on film. This kid, though, I got the same impression, but does have uh, a theatrical background, which is really right. awesome. You know what I mean? You see yeah. where he kind of gets that, like, that. he's got that classic training. I just, like, I love how quiet he is and reserved, and, and yeah. he does, and he only speaks when he has something to say, really, and, and, and it's just, it's a refreshing role for a young black uh, actor yeah. um, to be out there and just be just a positive young teen um, did try, it stay, trying to make his way. Did it stay, like, close to the comics? Or is it? Did it, it like veer off in any way? It's close enough to the comics. It is not jumping feet first into the whole. We have powers and we're gonna use them for good thing. Uh, they are just discovering that they have the powers. They haven't used them for anything yet. Everything has been accidental. Uh, you know, he's teleported accidentally a few times. One time he ends up on the roof of Roxxon. Right. Uh, you know, after falling asleep. Um, one time he ends up in a trunk of a cop car. So it, and, wow. and she, and she uh, can create these light daggers out of her hands. And that's all accidental. And like on almost on cue with like her emotional outbursts. Uh, there was one scene where she was about to be raped, which was oh, also Jesus. very, it was very, but that's social man. Like, that's, but it was I very, like the, that's I'm, yeah, social. No, no, it is. No, no, but I'm, that's, oh God, we to make it awkward. That's just, no, it's a social issue that like, they, that, I like that they like brought that yeah. real. Like that's like, that needs to be addressed. I'm serious. But like, that she, sounds like, like a heavy AF show. And then they're like, oh, is. superpowers are 
also involved. But, then, but, but then it's in, a real life situation that some people can relate to. But I'm in the saying. process, oh but in the God. process of, but in the process of that happening, she forms her. Th- that's the first time that she actually forms one of these blades of light and actually stabs this kid in the gut and oh, leaves him for yeah. dead. Which is just, it was just a cool She's moment. She's like, you want to put something in me? I'll put something in that's you. That's exactly <laughs> what it felt like. It was really cool. Damn. And what she, are, and when she, when it happened, she screamed no. Like she was like no. And like then you see this kid just like. Oh, just happened right well it's one just, of the things i've heard is that they compared this to like being uh not a spin-off but like it jumps right on the back of like what runaway started off with like runaways kind of established like these like teens kind of in distress mm-hmm. and like cloak and dagger kind of jumped on that and just keeping that train going well the coolest thing about this show is that they're runaways right so eventually that's what's going to happen they're going to run away together and when that does happen um like that's do you think that's any, when the like, adventure picks up? Do you think there would be any type of crossover between those two worlds? Somebody mentioned that on Twitter, and I wanted to respond with an emphatic "hell no." Yeah, um, probably not. Like I don't, yeah. I don't want that to happen just because Runaways is such a different show. Yeah. Uh, and and while I liked it, um, this show is a far superior beast, um, and I wouldn't want that chocolate and, and peanut butter mixed together. It All also right. sounds like it's got more of a sense of realism, like it's like real issues going right. on. I mean, besides the superpowers, but like the Runaways is like, here's a dinosaur yeah. and also an <laughs> alien right. it, uh, controls everything. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it did deal with some real teen issues, but for sure, like finding out your parents are shitty and not who you thought they were is a big issue. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. Um, one of the uh, other auditions that we well, it's not an audition that we were just talking about, but whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> something was, we mentioned. Earlier. I was trying to find a segue and I totally fucked it up. Whatever. <laughs> um, so, um, but the other thing that I thought was really funny that I just saw a couple days ago was uh, how many people here have seen the room? I haven't. Oh, Jim has. I totally have. have. So well, Cooley and I are the only per- people that haven't seen it. Have some, have a half a glass of vodka mixed with half a glass of scotch. <laughs> <laughs> That's an inside joke. So I haven't, uh, I haven't seen uh, the actual room yet, but I have seen the Disaster Artist with uh, James Franco and Tommy Wiseau, the guy who was directed and and was in the room and whatever he's just a mess he bankrolled it he yeah wrote it. produced it yeah actor has a weird accent but he's from new orleans people think he has connections with from the russian mob who knows yeah this guy is super weird um but basically there was an audition that posted online when it was uh when information was released that joaquin phoenix was going to be uh playing the joker in an origin story which we've already talked about and uh, Tommy Wiseau released an audition tape uh, where he actually um, he played <laughs> the Joker. Uh, but I guess, Ren, you actually shed some light on this. Yeah. This wasn't a real audition tape. No. Uh, so what not. happened? Thank it God. was it was Nerdist produced, right? Yeah. Well, what happened was uh, what the Nerdist. Happened? <laughs> so they're a super funny. I mean, it used to just be what's his name, Chris Hardwick or Hardwick, whatever, yeah. being the Nerdist, and now it's just spiraled into a big thing yeah um but what would be you know super funny is uh putting tommy wiseau in that position mm-hmm. and i saw this video a while ago because i'm into all things tommy wiseau i think right. he's a secret genius 
Oh, yeah. He's like Andy Kaufman. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. definitely. I love him so much. Um, <laughs> so I saw the video. I laughed. I knew instantly, like, this isn't real. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird because I saw it just, um, I forgot how I found out about it, but somebody had sent it to me and I was like, what? And I watched it and I thought it was a real audition video. <laughs> and I think that's what made it great for me. No, is he's that... holding like a microphone and in a real audition, you're not holding a microphone. Right. But at the same time, I was like, it's Tommy Wiseau. So he probably would be weird. And he brings and his own to be shit. Like, can I hold this? <laughs> can I hold this microphone while I do the you know? makeup job on him? I'll say yeah. That. yeah. Like, the, like he did. It was like him at first, just like slating. Hi, I'm Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be doing the Joker, which you don't do. And then he just, it was him instantly in makeup going, ah, <laughs> which was weird. Like yeah. as the Joker. Put a smile on this face. Yeah. Oh, so good. But he was basically, the funny thing is that like, it wasn't his, it, it was his take on the Joker, but it wasn't anything original. It was Tommy Wiseau Playing in Heath Knight. Ledger makeup yeah. doing lines that the Joker said in previous movies. That's all it was. And it yeah. was, it was it a was, combination of Nicholson and Ledger. It was man. But the, the funny thing about this audition and Cooley, you saw exactly what I was talking about. It, yeah. If you get rid of the accent, it actually was a, was his, his it Joker cadence could actually pass because he came off as psychotic, you know, like there was <laughs> yes. like, there were certain moments that were so dumb and made you laugh because you know, it's him. But if, if I had never heard of Tommy Wiseau and I saw this audition I'd be like, who is this guy? He needs to play the Joker. No, like, it, it is perfect. Like, that is exactly what I would have thought. But we know who Tommy Wiseau is. And I feel like I like his screaming, but that's accidental. Like, it that's is. just Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> I think we realize by now that he is not an actor and that he lives off of the fact that he's so bad that people find it watchable. No, this is someone in the Nerdist camp that said, man, it would be fucking hilarious if Tommy Wiseau oh, yeah. was the Joker. It's all a big like, joke. Yeah. No and and they said, and all of the people in the room said, holy shit, that is perfect. But let me, and, and then they made it happen. But let me ask you this. If you guys, seriously, if you did not know who Tommy Wiseau was, and this guy actually posted an audition tape and on the internet, I mean, like I'm saying, say whatever, it was pushed. And it, it, like, it got to the point where a lot of people were watching it. Do you think that this guy has a shot at playing the Joker. Absolutely legit. not. No. Actually, no, no, no. Hold on. Saturday Night Wait Live, a minute. maybe. Wait a okay. minute. Wait a minute. No, 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 no. I take it back. After all of the shit that I've watched from the DC Extended Universe, he does have a shot. He's got a. He's absolutely got a shot. In Poland, maybe. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that people will like <laughs> it. I'm saying that Warner Brothers would absolutely give him a shot. I I feel like if he got rid of the accent. I mean, Have you, you watched you, Justice would, League? Have you watched Batman v Superman? Have you watched Superman Man of Steel? Have you watched like any of the DCEU movies besides Wonder Woman? Yeah, yeah. like how you're like the one good Su movie. Suicide Squad. Yeah, they're all garbage films, but they're yo Tommy Wiseau's got a shot. <laughs> He's got a shot, absolutely. You think he? You think he actually? Ah, oh, man, I don't know. I'm I think. I think that I think but again, that I but Jared be Leto versus Tommy Wiseau. Ren, what's up? Uh, aesthetically, no, Tommy just, Wiseau. Just like, no. I mean, just in general, as far as like more believable Joker. Oh yeah, Tommy Wiseau. 
Really? An insane Even with person? a Russian accent? Yeah. yeah. Well, he doesn't have a Russian accent. He's from somewhere in Poland is what they have discerned. It's, uh, okay, it's a whatever accent. Yeah, an, but with an that accent. European accent. Thank you. Yeah, for Slash sure. Slash New Orleans. Because, like, yeah, obviously Jared Leto got the job. But if you're looking, like, aesthetically, if you're looking for portrayal of a character, like, terrible costuming aside, Jared Leto is a tryhard in this film. Like, you saw interviews with him where he's like, yeah, I got so into the character, I lost myself. He's trying to live up to a Heath Ledger, like, actual sick, mentally person. And Tommy Wiseau is just naturally fucked. So your blueprint is already better off with Tommy Wiseau. Jared Leto is, like, the the cool kid in high school who's really trying to hold it together, even though his dad beats his mom, and he's like, I can still play football. He's <laughs> you know that what, kid. You know what's he's funny? He's that kid. It's funny you said that, but I, I think, because it, it, a lot of things actually kind of rang true for me in this. I feel like Jared Leto, mm-hmm. right, like, they know that he's going to be mad method, but when it comes to the script, he's going to stick to it. Tommy Wiseau, you're like, here's the script, and they're like, Whatever happens, happens. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what kind of makes his performance a little bit more uh, organic is that, like, you have no idea what the fuck you're getting. He's not going to be an intelligent Joker, but he's going to yeah. be, like, a It's going to be different than what you card. thought it was going to be, yeah. Yeah. So. And uh, you got anything to say, Jim? I was just going to say, I don't know. I lost track. <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah. had something lined up. And Tommy Wiseau, talking, Joker. That's what you're talking it's about. Gone. No, it's gone. All right. All right, it's, P. It's, it's, it's Weird. The, the cuckoo. All right. So, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. Go ahead, man. That's it, man. We'll be back. We'll be back Friday. We'll be that back on Friday. You and you're gonna edit this out, right? <laughs> you can't just. You can't just edit it. You can't just end it with, "Hey, Jim, do you have any thoughts?" No, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Redbeard Podcast. <laughs> check oh. us, check us That's out. exactly how every episode's gonna end. Now. This is actually this whole conversation is now gonna be the ending. Yes, <laughs> so, absolutely. Oh man. Anyway, Jim's wearing a porn star hat. All right, guys. <laughs> uh, with that being said, uh, well, that is the end of this uh, Monday's episode of the Redbeard Podcast. Later. Bye. Yeah, make sure you check us out Friday and make sure you check out We Love Wednesdays every Thursday. And The Bachelor After Party with Becca and Tony on Mondays. There we go. Goodbye. Peace. I, I, I have nothing. <laughs> <laughs>